whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me in a word of prayer? Lord, there's so much good news in this text. (laughs) So much gospel, so much gold. So much faith as well, isn't there? From Mary. Let it be to me as it is according to your word. Lord, may we be able to see the gospel as she sees it. And may we be able to say, as she says, let it be to me as it is according to your word. In your son Jesus' precious name we pray. All God's people say, amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, we are finishing up our series titled People of Adventure. We are in the fifth week of the series, even though it is the fourth week of Advent. But it is a series that is designed to help us live between the Advents, that is between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. And so as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus, the first advent, we also then prepare uh, and look forward to his second coming, that second advent. And so by way of example, uh, if you will, last week we looked at his gift of everlasting joy to us as his people. That as he gives himself for us and to us, we could receive all that we could ever need in our relationship with him. That where the things of this world fail to fulfill our deepest needs, Jesus himself does. Our joy is Jesus and nothing can replace or rob us of his love for us. Amen? Amen. So that gets us to today in our final text and final message in our series. And our text from Luke chapter 1 on the foretelling of the birth of Christ. A text that is, excuse the pun, pregnant with gospel. Yes, it's rich in imagery, but it's even richer with the power and beauty of God's love for his creation and our redemption. 
So by way of example, on uh, Wednesday, I've been doing uh, Facebook devotions at noon, uh, similar to what I was doing during the season of Lent. This coming Wednesday will be my last one uh, for the season, but it will be for uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Eve's text. Um, but in my particular devotion on Wednesday, I highlighted this gospel pregnancy. If you look at page six of your service uh, folder that you uh, just uh, heard me read from a few minutes ago, if you look at page six in your worship materials, and if you were to go through page six with a highlighter or uh, uh, some type of pen or pencil or perhaps in your own Bible or, or you're, you've got your app open and you're, uh, and you're highlighting the words and phrases in it, this text speaks of God's initiative and redeeming work on our behalf with phrases like, the Lord is with you, or do not be afraid, or you have found favor with God, or son of the Most High, or reign over the house of Jacob forever, or other words like the Holy Spirit and power, and last but not least, the phrase, nothing is impossible with God. You see, this messenger of God, Gabriel, he brings the message of God, the good news, to the servant of God, Mary, right? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about Mary in a few minutes. But this text is full of proclamation, and it's one of those things that keeps us as the, of the, as the body of Christ coming back for more. If anyone ever accuses you of being greedy for forgiveness, greedy for grace, greedy for the gospel, hold up your hand and say, guilty. <laughs> grace upon grace forgiveness and mercy no strings attached gift of salvation in Jesus it's free no work no striving no perfection nothing uh, you know not a yet nine <laughs> his work on our behalf Romans 5 chapter, uh, verse 8 says this but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us Christ rose again for us. Amen? And so that's the great gift of Christmas. God's love all wrapped up, not in a box from Amazon, right? <laughs> but in a simple statement with profound and beautiful implication from him to us. But now I want to draw you back to Mary for a moment. Because I want to apply something else to our lives as we apply the gospel. Because if you look at this text, you've got two important things that are happening here. Not equal in importance, but nonetheless, two important things. And one is what I've just talked about. You have this monumental announcement, right? You have the gospel. You have this historical watershed. You have this universe-bending moment when nothing will ever be the same again. You have this episode when the world is put on notice that its redemption is near. Uh, the magnitude of the, the visit this day by Gabriel to Mary cannot be overstated. This is the primary passage or primary purpose of the passage. But then there's something else that's happening, sort of in the background. It's important, but it's a it's a it's a it's a secondary of uh, secondary importance. 
And that's Mary's response. Again, if you have the text open before you on page six, it's verse 38. Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Brothers and sisters, may we as followers of Jesus be able to say with Mary about our own lives that no matter what the Lord's providential plan for us is, may we be able to see to say, let it be to me according to your word. Amen? Amen. But how did she do it, right? How did she do it? Because the secondary issue is important for us as followers of Jesus. It's one thing to, to believe in your head, in your heart, the primary message of the gospel, which is good news of Jesus. But it's also important to ask yourself, how did this young girl, this young girl who had her life abruptly interrupted by God, respond to God in such a way that the world has never forgotten? Can I have the same type of faith as this teenage girl? <laughs> and I won't get into it today, but as an aside, Matthew chapter 1, verse 24 records Joseph's response, which is equally as powerful and equally as whole as is Mary's. It's remarkable in its faith and in its obedience. So you can read that this week if you'd like to. But think about it this way. Mary and Joseph and their families had uh, plans for the two of them to be married, right? They were betrothed. They were engaged. <laughs> then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the angel of the Lord appears to her, and she is told she will be with child. <laughs> if that is not enough to change your plans, young lady, I don't know what is, right? Besides, who's going to believe her story? It's not recorded on her iPhone. It hasn't been posted on TikTok. It certainly can't be true. But think about your life. Have you ever had your plans changed by circumstances outside your control? I think there's a universal 100% yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, start playing back those memories in your mind when you thought you had your life all laid out before you, then all of a sudden things changed, right? Diversion, a hard 90-degree turn without warning. Now, in Mary's case, her predicament makes me think of an oops baby, right? Not just a teenager out of wedlock pregnancy, but folks who think they're done having children, then all of a sudden, you know, five, six, seven years later, oops, <laughs> Along comes that oops baby. Or we've been using traveling as an underlying theme the past month. And so have you ever been on a trip where, where your plans were changed for that day, right? You had no control over what happened. Um, back in 2017, when a bunch of us took that Reformation tour to Germany, there was a day when we were on our trip and we were going to go to the home of Lutheran theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer the theologian who had been arrested by the Nazis and murdered in 1945. But prior to going to the home to hear more about Bonhoeffer's life and his imprisonment and his, and his, his impact on the, on the church over the decades, um, we were supposed to go to this restaurant, but the bus driver got lost. 
And so the bus driver and the guide decide that the best thing they can do is park next to this stadium where this high school track meet is going on. And so everybody gets out of the bus and a bunch of people go into the stadium to get lunch at the concession stands, right? In fact, my father-in-law came back and he said, that's the best broad I ever had. <laughs> I was like, well, some people, it's subjective, I think, right? But nonetheless, that whole day was changed for all of us in a way none of us expected. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily a bad thing either. I've been mostly speaking in good terms, haven't I? But bad can equate with diversions and stop, uh, can't it, right? I mean, sometimes the change in plans made life much worse, right? There didn't seem to be any gospel in your circumstances like there is in Mary's, right? You felt the full weight of the law and the effects of sin on your circumstances, your own or someone else's. Perhaps it was a break of trust in a relationship which then ended in divorce. Or a break in trust in a relationship which then ended in the dissolution of a, a business partnership. Or how about a, a car accident and the life of a loved one is, is ended? How about a Friday afternoon furlough or firing? How about a suicide? A personal addiction? You see, brothers and sisters, it's not hard for us to come up with ways in which we or those whom we love have experienced um, this interruption in life. I mean, COVID-19, right? <laughs> anyway, I think at the very least, all of us can say, been there, done that, don't want to go through it again, right? <laughs> But in a sense, there will be, and again, when life goes 90 degrees and you and I are forced to pivot and are called to trust God in our circumstances that we find ourselves in, again, our goal is to be able to say with Mary, may it be to me according to your word. Again, look at uh, page six of your worship packet. I put before you at the bottom something for you to consider. Let me read to you that, what you have before you. I wrote this. Today's text has a secondary lesson added to its full-bodied gospel presentation. It reminds us that the Lord's ways are not our ways. That's Isaiah 55, 8. Or as the Yiddish proverb has it, man plans, but God laughs. <laughs> Either way, we are reminded that the journey of life brings unplanned diversions or stops along the way. Yes, it's important to plan, but it's just as important to be flexible with those plans, recognizing our own limitations in controlling the present or the future. So the challenge for you this week is to think about some of those diversions or stops, both good and bad, you've experienced in your journey of faith, and to challenge yourself to reflect on how the Lord has led you through those times. What have you learned about God's love and provision for you during those 90-degree turns or full stops? Where has your thinking about Jesus been challenged in your experience? 
Share with someone today your story of faith and how the Lord has worked in your life during the unplanned. So again, how was Mary able to say, let it be to me according to your word? Well, let me give you a head start in answering those questions and sharing it with someone this week. Because brothers and sisters, the secondary, that is Mary, only occurs because there is a primary. And Mary could say what she said, Joseph could say what he said, and we can say the same things because of Jesus. (laughs) Imagine that. Jesus. The gospel gives us certainty to say with the saints across the ages and around the world, let it be to me according to your word. The gospel. Our response to our circumstances, good or bad, is based on the gospel and the work of God for us. Now, think about Mary, because in one sense, she didn't have all the word before her that we do, right? I mean, she had the word made flesh in her womb, right? (laughs) That's pretty amazing. But we might say she only had half the promises of God in what we erroneously call the Old Testament. But she did have Deuteronomy 31 or Joshua 1, where God says throughout those scriptures and other places, never will I leave you or forsake you. (laughs) That's a pretty powerful text to have as a child of God, isn't it? But because we also have the New Testament, so the fulfillment of those promises that come in the Old Testament, we have these teachings of Jesus. We too have things to base our faith on, uh, not our fluctuating feelings or changing circumstances, but on Christ and Christ alone. We have a double portion of the word, if you will. Consider a few more scriptures in addition to what she had access to. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Or from Matthew 28, 20, and lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. Or how about John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, our statement of trust is not based upon our work or effort, but upon this Jesus who has already shown himself to be faithful and unfailing before us, who, yes, whether we like it or not, sometimes shows up in ways in our life disrupting our plans, which we had uh, all all thought out, (laughs) thinking that we know best what we need. But man plans and God laughs. Well, I don't actually think he laughs, but at that, maybe he just says to us, I love you, and I'll get you out of the mess you're about to get yourself into. (laughs) So anyway, think about it this way. What in your life are you experiencing? In addition to the coronavirus disruption, right? (laughs) What in your life are you experiencing where you can say, let it be to me as it is according to your word? Where do you need to hear yourself say that? I don't care if you need to stand in front of the mirror tomorrow morning and tell yourself that before you go out into the world, right? Who in your life needs to hear the gospel and needs to hear the wonderful witness of faith in Mary as well as from you? You know, think about it this way. You won't hesitate to drive over a bridge when you see other cars doing the exact same thing, right? 
because you know that that bridge is doing what the bridge was designed to do. And you see others driving back and forth over it, so you trust it and you go. This may surprise us, but the reality of it is we're not the first to follow Jesus. Did you know that? (laughs) I mean, apparently others have gone before us. For centuries, centuries, and they have built this bridge for us to travel over, and they have borne witness to a peace which comes upon them because they have placed their faith and trust in Christ. Hebrews 12.1 says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so easily and let us run with endurance the race that is set out before us looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Do you ever feel, feel weary or faint-hearted? <laughs> so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted, and I might also add, so that you would say like Mary, let it be according to me, as your word has said. So, <clears throat> Our response to the interruptions, both good and bad, is the gospel. To put it all back on God's grace, to put it all back on God's power, to put it all back on God's faithfulness so that we can continue to go forward, right? Not because we have it all together, not because we understand everything that's happening around us, but because Jesus does, And because Jesus does, that, brothers and sisters, is what makes us his disciples and what makes us then people of adventure. In his name, amen. Well, we continue our service now with a a brief but uh, welcomed interruption. I want to welcome up Lillian Davis this morning. Uh, Some of you may have seen a couple weeks ago when uh, we made uh, you as the congregation aware of a project that she was working on for us uh, to bless us as a congregation. Come on up. Um, And uh, uh, I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about it. I'm going to ask you to just go over to the lectern. She'll use that microphone over there. Um, but uh, put together new uh, bags for the kids. And, and this is a great reminder of the newness that is coming uh, to us as a congregation, that uh, not just the big uh, things matter, but also some of the little things like the details. And uh, so we're excited about this gift that you've given to the congregation, the work that you put into it. So go ahead and tell the congregation a little bit more about it, if you will. And I, then after she's done, I'm going to pray a blessing over the bags and for the children who will use them uh, in the days and years to come. Lillian? Hi, everybody. Um, I am Lillian Davis. Merry Christmas. Um, I have, as some of you guys know, I have attended this church uh, my whole entire life. So sometimes I was that little kid in the back row that wouldn't go up and go to the kids' castle during service, and I would have nothing to do and be a little distraction. So this is why I did this project, because there are some kids that get too nervous to go up and 
go to Kids Castle and everything. So these bags are code friendly. They, are, they can be wiped clean after each use of each kid. And there's different toys in each bag, um, nothing specific, but it's a surprise for each kid. So um, that's basically all. Um, it's also, since it's COVID and some kids don't get to come in and because there's kids castle isn't probably going on, I'm not really sure, but those little kids can have something to do and attend church again in person and have that experience that we had growing up. And yeah, so that's all. Thank you so much for having me and Merry Christmas. I hope that the kids enjoy the bags and that you guys like it too. So. Thank you very much. And I know um, when the preacher's preaching, the kids um, want something else to do, right? So <laughs> right on, Lillian. Thank you so much uh, for the work put into these bags. So there's a lot of them uh, uh, hanging out there in the uh, foyer in the narthex. And so uh, let me go ahead and uh, as part of that, come back up here real quick. You ran away for, um, um, let me offer up, I'm going to let you hold these though, since you uh, were the one that did those for us. And I'm going to pray, and then we'll move on to the Apostles' Creed and the other prayers of the congregation, all right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, grateful for Lillian's gift uh, to us as a congregation, and more so to the gift of the kids. Not just those who are here now, um, but those who will be coming. And uh, that's uh, what excites us just as much uh, as, as, we live on, as we love on those who are here today. Um, prepare our hearts to love on those who will be here tomorrow. And so thank you for uh, working through her to bless us as a congregation. And so we pray you'd bless her uh, for the gift that she's given to us. And may she know uh, also of your love uh, for her life in the days ahead. So we commend uh, this fine work uh, to you uh, and to your use in the kingdom uh, as it comes among us here on earth uh, as it is in heaven. In your son Jesus' name, all God's people say, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, there you go. Yeah. A little sanctified round of applause is great and encouragement too uh, for the young people in our day uh, to do things for the church and the Lord. So fantastic. All right. Well, uh, we now continue then with our service uh, found on page seven with the confession of faith in the Apostles' Creed as well as the prayers on behalf of God's people. So I invite you to stand as you're able and we'll go before the Lord. <clears throat> With Christians around the world and across the ages, we make a shared confession of faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we're grateful. We're grateful for the gift of the gospel in our lives. 
your forgiveness, mercy, and power. Lord, your righteousness imparted to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we pray by the very power of your Holy Spirit. Help us understand the profound implications of that gift to us. Not only somewhere out there after we die, but even here today. Even here today as it empowers us to say like Mary, let it be to me as it is according to your word. Give us that witness of faith before others. Perhaps not before the world, but just our family or our neighbors or coworkers or other students around us. Help us to share generously with others your gift that has been shared so generously with us, and that is Jesus. Certainly, we continue to pray that as we make our way towards Christmas Eve and Christmas, that you would remind us of this gift. And Lord, help us in the same spirit continue to commend to you others in our life in their times of need. We commend to you those listed on the back of today's prayer page, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray for Roy Becker's family upon his passing. We pray for the family of David Gray and continue to pray with Kevin Cronin and his family upon the death of his mother. We pray for Marlene Munster's extended family as well, remembering them to you as they mourn her loss. We also pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are hospitalized and who are recovering, for Lucille and Devin and Donald, for Joy, for Jerry and Melody, for Bill and Bob and Alicia, for Obi and Mary and Chad and Charles and Marianne and Paul and Tomas, for Beverly and Jolyn and Sadie and Baldo and Christy. We continue to pray too for Carol and Chris and Bonnie, for Jim and Bob and Russ and Marion, for Ann and Lydia, for Carol and Rhonda and Marie and Donna and Billy, and John and Judy and Ruth, for Cammie also and for Dave and Kim and for Mary and Marge and Randy. Remembering to you our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord in need, whether it's physical or relational or financial, perhaps it's emotional, situational, whatever the case may be, Lord, we trust. We trust that you hear our prayers on their behalf and that in your time and in your way, you'll attend to their needs for their good and your glory. And we would ask nothing else. But we also commend ourselves too for those traveling over the holiday. Lord, for those in our midst who are unemployed or underemployed, Lord, uh, for those who are, are feeling somewhat marginalized or lonely, perhaps, because of the holidays. Lord, for those who are under the stress uh, of deadlines. Lord, for those who are looking for places and ways to serve and yet continue to, to, to find dead ends. Lord, for those who are looking for wisdom and clarity on, on direction and, and life's next steps. You know that amongst all of us gathered here on site or online, <laughs> There are lots and lots of different prayers 
but it's in faith and confidence that we could bring these prayers to you. And as we've prayed for others, know that you hear our own prayers and that you answer them in your time and in your way, but for our good and your glory. And for even ourselves, we ask nothing more. So we commend ourselves to you. We commend, Lord, this season to you. We commend this time of transition to you, Lord, from the old to the new. And continue to look to you to guide us as a congregation as we seek to, to be a people that loved by Jesus and growing in faith, we continue to serve those around us in our community. And so, Lord, we, we know this newness is, is more than just a structure. We know this newness is more than just a facility. That this newness within us is Jesus. His redemptive work on our behalf. And so as you make the building new, so to speak, make us new as well. Make us alive to your work around us so that we might join you in this journey. We love you and we thank you for loving us. We commend all our prayers, those spoken and the many more left unspoken, trusting in your love for us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, amen. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> well, part of the Lord's kingdom coming among us here on earth, as it is in heaven, is this feast before us. As I remark every week, it may seem small and inconsequential, at least in terms of its material, <clears throat> but it is profound in its impact and implications in our life of faith as it carries to us from God the means of grace. His mercy, his forgiveness, his very presence in our lives as his people to encourage us, even as we enter into such a joyous season such as Christmas. And so as you partake of his gift to you today, may he stir up in your heart and mind the wonder that he stirred in the heart and mind of Mary that day as she obediently said, yes, Lord. So perhaps the Lord is calling you to something, maybe not that, <laughs> but nonetheless, something powerful in the life of the church and for the sake of the world. So come to this table of grace and belonging and receive from him all that he has to offer you. The Lord be with you. Also be. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them to drink, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand for the blessing. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. We close with our closing hymn, Glory Be to God the Father, number 506.